Well, this week we are making it to our halfway mark, question 26 of 52. Last week we looked at Christ's redemption and how he uh, imputes, we have his righteousness transferred to our account. And so we are counted righteous because of our faith in Christ and because of his righteousness in us, our sins are forgiven. Um, and this week we're going to continue on the idea of Christ's redemption and what that means. And so we ask, what else does Christ's death redeem? It says, Christ's death is the beginning of the redemption and renewal of every part of fallen creation as he powerfully directs all things for his own glory and creation's good. In Colossians 1, 19 through 20, I encourage you to reflect on and, and, and memorize even. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And so he reconciles all things to himself. Um... We're talking a bit about this idea of, of the physical creation, and it will be renewed, right? Every part of fallen creation is redeemed and renewed uh, for God's glory and for creation's good. And I was talking with Pastor Mike about this a little bit, and one of the things to consider in this is your view of the end times, your your framework for understanding how the end times will work out can shape how we understand this idea. And, and, and it's really this idea between continuity and discontinuity, how much of creation continues and how much is destroyed. Wayne Freedom says it this way, Within the Protestant world, there has been disagreement as to whether the earth is to be destroyed completely and replaced, or just changed and renewed. Burkhoff says that Lutheran scholars have emphasized the fact that it will be an entirely new creation, while Reformed scholars have tended to emphasize those verses that sim say simply that this present creation will be renewed. And the verses he's referring to are things like 2 Peter 3, verse 10, Hebrews 12, 26, and 27, Hebrews 1, 11 through 12, and then Romans 8, as it talks about creation's bondage to corruption. Um, and so will it be destroyed? destroyed and replaced, or renewed and restored. The Reformed position, he continues, seems preferable here, for it is difficult to think that God would entirely annihilate his original creation, thereby seeming to give the devil the last word and scraping the creation, scrapping the creation that was originally very good. The passages above speak of shaking and removing of earth and of the first earth passing away may simply refer to its existence in its present form, not its very existence itself. So it talks about this idea of a renewing, and so there is actually some continuity between creation and the new creation, though it will be completely restored and renewed, and so no longer marred by sin. Um, and, and part of why this is difficult is even in that Second Peter 3 passage where it talks about uh, the, the burning, that, that word in the Greek for burn, um, you see it used of um, the lake of fire, and, and 
the the eternal fire that is that is hell. You see it there, but you also see it used simply in the idea of enlightening and revelation and and making seen and making plain. And so the the word is a little tricky to navigate, and that's part of what has led to uh, some of the the differences. Um, I don't really want to focus the rest of our time there, though. I, I I think we can wrestle with that, but that's not really the primary point that that. Um, we need to wrestle with here and now as we think about creation and what it means that Christ will redeem all things. And the, the first thing I want to remind us of is that the purpose of creation is to give glory to God as we see in Psalm 19, and it declares something about God. Revel, uh, Romans 1 says that uh, through creation, through what has been made, God's eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. And so God reveals aspects of himself through creation. It's not revelation to the point of salvation, but it's enough to know God is real, that God exists. And so creation points to God, it gives glory to God, and it reveals aspects of God's nature. And, and, and this is what creation does. So as we think about a new creation, I don't think those ideas will simply go away. It will still give glory to God as it does now, and it will still declare something about God because that is how God has made it. And as we think about a new creation, there is, there is hope and joy of looking forward. Creation as we know it will be different. Isaiah talks about how the lion and the lamb will lay down together. And, and, and so the, the brokenness of creation and how that makes itself known now will be redeemed and restored. Uh, there, there won't be the fighting that we see. It will be uh, peaceful. Uh, Revelation 21, 3 and 4 says it this way, Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity. He will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. So in the new creation, there is this joy and hope as, as he will wipe away every tear. There will be no more death. There will be no more grief. There will be no more crying. We experience day by day the fallenness of creation, the brokenness of creation. As we live in this world, we know that things aren't the way that they're supposed to be. War, famine, death, all of these things we recognize, they're not what they ought to be. And there is hope of that new creation. In fact, Paul, reflecting on this, says, We do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day, for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so Paul, reflecting on the brokenness of this world, says, 
There is suffering, but it is light and momentary compared to the eternal weight of glory. Compared to this new heaven, this new earth, where there is no more death, grief, crying, pain, because what is temporary has passed away and what is eternal takes its place. So what does that mean for us here and now as we think about the idea of the purpose of creation and that this creation, the new creation will be different? What is our responsibility? And, and there are two things I'll highlight for us. One, God is the creator. We talked about that early on in this devotional series, the fact that God is the creator. And as the creator, he sets the terms. He decides how we are to live. He, he decides what is right and wrong. It is by his design that we live. And I've been reflecting recently just on this idea of God's authority over our lives. In Matthew 28, it is his authority that is the basis for the Great Commission. He says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. So there's a lot of life today that as believers we need to wrestle with. Do we submit to God's authority and design? And part of his design for creation and, and his design for us as people made in his image, is to steward creation. So we're supposed to care for it. We're supposed to um, care about it. it. It's not that we just let it waste away because God's going to renew and restore, but we are called still to be stewards of the creation. And so we, we take care of the creation around us. The second thing that I think this passage brings to mind, this idea that there is a new heavens and new earth, and, and what Paul shares in Corinthians of, of this light and momentary trouble is preparing for us the eternal weight of glory. Uh, throughout the book of Revelation is the call to persevere to remain faithful to the call of what, what God has that God has placed on us. And so in the midst of the brokenness of our world, we are called to persevere. We are called to faithfully live out the command to steward creation, to persevere against the dark, darkness and brokenness of this world. And we know that God has overcome and that he will make all things new. So we persevere, we steward creation, we care for those around us, all the while looking forward to this day where all things will be made new, a day that, that gives hope and joy even now. And as Paul looks forward to that day in several passages, the fact that all things will be made new, the fact that all things will be restored, is what gives him the perspective to live faithfully today. And that's, that's what I think this doctrine of the new creation does. It reminds us of our responsibility, it points us back to God, and it reminds us to persevere, looking forward to that last day. And that gives us the perspective we need to be faithful followers of Christ today.